Welcome to the show, everybody. Hope you guys had a great week. I'm here today to talk about a few movies and a special on Netflix. But before any of that, I want to talk about a little bit of movie news. So without further ado, let's get into it. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Alright, so the first piece of news I want to talk about today, uh, a show I recently reviewed that was out on Netflix, Jupiter's Legacy. Looks like it was canceled after the first season. Um, I'm a little disappointed, but also not too surprised. A lot of people didn't seem to like it a whole lot. Like, it, it just, it, it didn't do very well. And there were definitely a lot of negatives to the show for me. Um, but I still enjoyed it overall and wanted to see where it went next. Uh, but it does look like there's going to be a spinoff called Super Crooks uh, that will be out on Netflix. Um, I'm surprised that they canceled the main show, but they're going with a spinoff. Um, so hopefully that ends up doing better than than uh, Jupiter's Legacy did. But still, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that they, they canceled it and didn't give it a, much of a chance. Um, but yeah. Oh, well. Uh, and also we got a new look at Shazam's new costume for Shazam Fury of the Gods. And, uh, it, it seems a little bit more comic book accurate and less, uh, less cartoony than the one in Shazam was. I still love the costume in Shazam and I love that movie. I think it's great. Uh, it does have a little bit of trouble balancing tones, but, um, Overall, I'd say the new costume looks really cool. Uh, so you can get, you guys can go check that out online if you want. Also, I don't know if it's a real trailer or like a real teaser, but um, there was a small teaser trailer kind of showing it off in a very dark room. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's just better like to look for it online because there's a better lit photo of it. And uh, there was also, like, some set footage here and there, but it was kind of hard to make out exactly what was going on. Um, but, yeah, I like the look. So, uh, hopefully the sequel is just as good, if not better, than the first one. Uh, also, Mission Impossible 3, uh, the filming shut down once again after a positive coronavirus test. Um, yeah, this is the second shutdown of this film. And... Uh, you know, it's kind of funny after Tom Cruise's rant on set that this has happened twice now, and a lot of movies really haven't had to deal with this. Like, I haven't heard of any other movies having, well, I'm sure there's been some movies, but haven't really heard any other movies having these issues on set of having people test positive and then them having to halt filming for X amount of days. I think it was like 14 days or something like that, but... um yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but, you know, better safe than sorry, I guess. And the last piece of movie news is that we might be getting 
the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home on June 10th. Not holding my breath or anything like that because, you know, there were, there's been a lot of uh, rumors that it was going to come out like days ago, pretty much on Tuesday. Um, we'll see how legit it is. I know that the movie theaters actually do have the trailer now, like most of them do. So we'll see when that ends up coming out, what it gets released with. Um, but yeah, I am really anticipating watching that new trailer because Spider-Man, if you guys don't know, is my favorite superhero. I am a Spider-Man geek. So once that trailer drops, I will probably freak out and maybe shit my pants. So <laughs> yeah, I'm really hoping that it comes out soon. I'm sure it will at least this month. Um, but if it doesn't, I might riot. Just saying. Uh, that's all I have for movie news today. Pretty light on movie news, but um, yeah. Let's get into talk about some movies and uh, the Netflix special. Bo Burnham Inside. It's the new Bo Burnham special on Netflix, and uh, it's not in front of a live audience, so that's much different from a lot of his other specials, like what uh, words, 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 and, uh, make happy, which I've only seen make happy and what, but I've heard songs from words, 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 as well as some of his older stuff like, uh, Comedy Central and all that kind of jazz. I love Bo Burnham. I, I just recently, like, not discovered, I always knew the name and I knew that he started off on YouTube, but I never really looked into him. So, yeah, imagine my surprise, imagine my just kind of overall happiness and joy finding out exactly what kind of person this guy is. Uh, he's like a musical comedian, not all the things he do, does is music, but it's mostly music. And uh, with this special, he's able to do a lot more than he is on stage because of editing. Um and also with this special, he wrote and directed and performed and did all the stuff for the special itself. I'm sure he had a little bit of help here and there doing certain things, but for the most part, it was all him, which I don't know if it's always like that with his specials, if it's just like every aspect of the show is just him, like his ideas, which I'm pretty sure they are because like who else would think of the kinds of things that he thinks of, um, I think he's hilarious. I've loved a lot of his music. I even like listen to some of it regularly. Art is Dead is one of my favorite songs. Um, but yeah, this special, it's pretty long for sure. That's what she said. But um, yeah, I think I was like 20 some minutes in and there's still like 50 minutes left. Uh, or maybe like 30 minutes and there's still 50 minutes left. And I was like... This is kind of a long special. I don't know. It felt longer than the other specials. The other specials went by really quickly. Um, I don't know if that's just because they were shorter or because uh, it wasn't in front of a live audience. Uh, it didn't have the best flow to it. Um, it, it felt slow at points. Um, and I like the aspect of it being inside because of the pandemic. It's just kind of him trapped in his room. It felt, it basically felt like what a lot of us were feeling. Like there was a, 
a really self-aware game that he played. He was like uh, acting like a Twitch streamer, basically. And he was playing a game about himself being stuck inside. And like it was like press X to cry. And he just pressed that a bunch of times. I thought that was hilarious. But don't want to give away a whole lot. Just because I think people should go watch it. I really enjoyed it. Um, didn't enjoy it as much at first. But once I started lis- listening to the, some of the music over again. Like uh, Welcome to the Internet. Which I highly recommend you check that out. It's on YouTube. On his channel. Uh, or just watch the the special. If you don't want to like, like watch something outside of the special. You just want to watch it as it is. Uh, I respect that, but yeah, that song was hilarious, and and a lot of people are like, oh, internet humor, like, we're so used to that at this point, it seems like overused. No, I mean, he he he, he really goes for it with a lot of stuff. Um, man, that's the thing I love about him, like, he doesn't hold back, really. Like, if he's going to say something offensive, he's just going to say it. You know, he he doesn't mean it, but he says it. And <laughs> I feel like there's not, well, a lot of comics are like that still these days, but not as much because they're all worried about being canceled. And for him, it's just like, yeah, go ahead, cancel me. I already canceled myself. Uh, <laughs> like, not not actually. Like, he'd, he'd never come out. And, he's never come out and been like, oh, something I said was was really, you know, ignorant and I'm sorry I'm maybe he said something like that before but for the most part he he's unapologetic about his comedy and that's something that I really admire about him I also love that he incorporates music into his comedy uh it's something that you really don't see a whole lot these days um if at all like I know Gus Johnson kind of does a little bit of that but yeah um what else can I say about this without giving away too much? Because I really do want you guys to go watch it. Uh, this special had a more of a melancholy feel to it. Um, there were points where I was kind of depressed just because of the, the topics that he was talking about and, and things he was talking about that, it, that he struggles with. Uh, it deals with mental health, which his specials have talked about it before and dealt with it a little bit, but not as heavily as this one. Um, and I, I'm not saying depressed as in like, oh, this whole special is just de- depressing. No, it's, it's depressing, but on purpose, like in kind of a funny self-deprecating way, which kind of makes it more depressing. But, um, <laughs> I don't know, just something about his humor. I really enjoy. Um, and yeah, I really haven't been watching his stuff for too long, so it's still pretty fresh for me. Uh, definitely go check out What and Make Happy on Netflix. They're both available on there. Um, don't know where you can find the other specials. I, a lot of it's on YouTube. But, yeah, he is hilarious. He's one of my favorite comics right now. Um, and I highly recommend you check out his special Inside. Um, again, he the things he does with like the production design and the lighting, like he's just in his studio. But... He's able to like do more with that than than you think. It sounds boring just him being in his studio, but he makes it so creative. Has like all these different light fixtures and like I don't know, just does a lot with lighting and projections that I that I thought really added to a lot 
of the songs and the comedy in, in general. Um, and now that I'm talking about this more, it makes me want to go back and watch it again. But yeah, he has a lot of funny songs in this, like one about FaceTiming with his mom. Um, man, I'm trying to think of some other ones. The one Welcome to the Internet is is still the funniest one to me. But overall, I'd say I really enjoyed this special. Um, and I really hope to see more from him in the future. He kind of took a break for like a long while. And he kind of delved into why. Um, a whole Not a whole lot of comics talk about mental health the way that he does. So I really respect him for that. Um, with this one, he kind of w- was... I don't want to say too much about mental health, but it was starting to become not repetitive, but like the main focus. And I guess that makes sense because he's stuck inside because of the pandemic. But um, I don't know. It, it felt really melancholy at times and, and just kind of made me sad at certain points, which I don't feel like a, a comedy special should do, but I understand why it did. Um, because of, you know, the circumstances it was filmed under. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know this was coming out until like maybe a week before because I follow him on Instagram and I was just like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this. Um, yeah, and I'm still excited about it. I hope someday I can go see him live um, and maybe even meet him in person. Uh who knows, maybe someday I could even get him on the podcast, but that's just wishful wishful thinking, I feel like, at least right now. I mean, I've had some really great guests, but um, probably, probably no one, definitely no one as big as Bo Burnham, just because he's, like, directed a movie, been in movies, um, and has been going for, for years. Ever since he was pretty much a teenager on YouTube. Um, Yeah, I respect the hell out of him. I love the hell out of him. Love his comedy, love his music, and uh, support anything he does. So go check out Bo Burnham Inside on Netflix. And also go check out Bo Burnham's specials that are also on Netflix, What and Make Happy. Um, Yeah, there's my review for Bo Burnham Inside. Spirit Untamed is a 2021 film, and I believe it's based off of a 2002 film called Spirit Stallion of the Camaran or Simaran. It's C I M A R R O N. That movie has Matt Damon in it. Um, let me see here. So, yeah, it's probably pretty sure that's, uh, it's based off of that. But it is also based off of some shows that are on Netflix. There's like a few specials and then one main show called Spirit Riding Free. And before you ask, yeah, I uh, have younger siblings, so that's why I want to go see this. Also, I just want to broaden the things that I review. So I don't mind seeing kids' movies. Um, yeah, so I'll probably be seeing Peter Rabbit 2 next week, most likely. And also going to watch Paw Patrol when it comes out, the movie. Luckily, I have younger siblings. 
So it gives me an excuse to go watch these movies and review them. Um, I'd feel a little bit, sorry, I got hiccups out of nowhere. I'd feel a little bit weird if I went to these movies alone. Uh, Peter Rabbit too, I'll probably go to alone. But, um, yeah. Spirit Untamed. Uh, what can I say about this movie? It's from DreamWorks. Uh, again, it's a Netflix show. From what my little sister told me, um, the show opens up pretty much the same way the movie does. So I'm guessing that like they're both kind of separate, but also kind of trying to tell the same story. Um, her mother died while riding horses. Uh, it was an accident. Um, well, in the her I'm referring to is Lucky Prescott. That's the main character of the film, along with Spirit, the horse. But uh, Lucky is played by Isabella Marcid, hopefully I'm saying that right, uh, who you might know from Transformers The Last Night. She played uh, Isabella in that. She was also Lizzie in Instant Family and uh, Dora in the Dora in the Lost City of Gold, uh, the live-action Dora. And it looks like she was also in the second Sicario film. She's a pretty good actress. I've seen her in a, a little bit. And, yeah, I think she's pretty good, all things considered. So, she plays Lucky Prescott. And then Jake Gyllenhaal plays her dad, Jim Prescott, uh, who basically sent her away after her mom died. Um, and she's just coming back to the place that he lives to hopefully start up a re uh, father-daughter relationship with him. You also have Marci Martin as Prue Granger and McKenna Grace as Abigail Stone. Uh, Julianne Moore as Aunt Cora and Walton Goggins as Hendrix. You also have Isa Gonzalez as... Um, Milagro, yeah, Milagro Navarro, which I believe was the mother, and uh, yeah, overall, I would say the voice cast was pretty good, uh, it was directed by Elaine Bogan, co-directed by Neo Torreson, hopefully I'm saying that right, and uh, yeah, the original film was written by John Fusco, and you also had Kristen Hahn and Catherine Nolfi as the oh and Ari Wallington as the writers. And the series was developed by Ari Wallington. So you have the people that worked on the show essentially. Um and I haven't seen the show before. It helps having younger siblings because my younger sister actually watched the show. So that kind of gave me a little bit of insight. I had no idea this was based off of anything. Thought it was an original concept, but obviously not. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, I'll give you the synopsis here. Lucky Prescott's life changed forever when she moves from her home in the city to a small frontier town and befriends a wild Mustang named Spirit. Um, and basically, throughout the film... They are trying to save some horses from some crooks, essentially, who are going to work them to death. Um, and, yeah, it's a pretty simple plot, but um, I thought the animation was really good. 
the story overall was pretty good too. Um, I don't know. It definitely felt like it lacked something though. And I don't know exactly what that is. Um, I mean, I thought all the characters were pretty good. None of them were like super annoying or anything like that. I don't know. Um, I mean, it is a pretty short movie. It's an hour and 27 minutes, which is pretty short for a, a movie, I would say, nowadays. Um, definitely feels like it could have been something that could have gone straight to streaming, like Netflix. But, um, yeah, overall, didn't think it was bad. But also, I just didn't think it was that groundbreaking. Um it kind of feels like something we've already seen before. Maybe not specifically with horses involved, but just the idea of her losing her mother when she was young and then the dad being, like, distraught and always trying to keep her safe. I feel like we've seen that before. Um, but, yeah, overall, I'd probably give this movie maybe, like, a 4.5 out of 10. Nothing too groundbreaking, but also not the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, there's my review for Spirit Untamed. Four Good Days is a 2021 film. I believe it was supposed to come out last year, but it's not coming out. It didn't come out until this year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But it stars Mila Kunis as Molly, Glenn Close as Deb, and Steven Root as Chris. Um, Molly is a struggling heroin addict. Deb, played by Glenn Close, is the mother of her. And uh, Chris, played by Stephen Root, is the stepfather. Um, and yeah, basically, it's just about her trying to get clean. Um, and I would say overall, it really nailed how addiction can affect the person who's addicted and the people around them. Um, that's a very important thing. Uh, and I feel like the movie focused mostly on Glenn Close um, as Deb in this movie because it's about her trying to regain some sort of normalcy and, and trust and, and bond with her daughter while trying to make sure that she gets better and sometimes being a little bit... Uh, not always dealing with it the best way, I would say. Um, however, it can be difficult and and stressful and just a really hard thing to cope with, to comprehend, to uh, I I don't even know to to approach this this subject matter with with a child. I feel like would be really difficult for a lot of people um for most people you know it, it's not an easy thing on anybody but i thought glenn close glenn close and milo kunis did a fantastic job um portraying the two sides of addiction um milo kunis especially just really knocked it out of the park i thought she did such an amazing job and uh i have I had respect for her before, but I have, like, even more respect for her now for pulling off this heavy of a role. Glenn Close, obviously, is a fantastic actor. Um, she is 
so amazing. I haven't seen her in a whole bunch, but what I have seen her in, I've, I've always just loved her so much. I think she's one of the best in the business right now. Uh, Steven Root was also nice to see in this movie. I, I like that actor a lot. Um, you know, usually we have him in either a comedic role or uh, doing voice acting. Um, in this, he's still a little, he, he has his moments of trying to be funny, but overall, like, he doesn't have a whole lot to do in this film. He's definitely more of a side character for me. Um, but yeah, overall, this movie really nailed just how addiction can, can affect the person who's addicted and the people that care about them and the people around them. Um, and there's all sorts of different triggers that, that make them want to use, or it's just the craving or, you know, it's, it's a really difficult thing. I feel like to, to, uh, capture on screen and, and pull it off very well. Um, it's a hard thing to act like you're addicted to something somewhat, um, somewhat. I think there's definitely actors that can do it, obviously, but it's not always the easiest thing to try and get in that mindset and can often, I feel like, lead you into kind of a dark place. But for Mila Kunis, I thought she did just such a fantastic job pulling off, you know, being a heroin addict, essentially. Um, a lot of people might not want to watch this just because of the the topic on hand, but you know, for me, I usually try not to watch movies that are super heavy and deal with a lot of drama. But for this one, I definitely wanted to check it out. I liked both of the actors in it. Um, and I thought the story was good. And I was just really intrigued to check it out. And uh, I haven't really seen Mila Kunis do a role like this before. I'm sure she's had dramatic roles in the past. But I, I always kind of consider her more of a comedic actress. Um, especially for being on like that 70s show. Um, that's the only thing I can think of right now. I don't know why. Let me see, uh, what she's been in specifically. Um, so yeah, obviously she was in, in that. Oh, Black Swan. I, I've heard that's, that's pretty dramatic. So, um. Yeah, she's obviously had dramatic roles before, but a lot of the roles that I'm seeing are mostly comedic movies. Um, like, looks like she was obviously in Family Guy uh, as Meg, and she's been that character for oh, since 1999. Um, she was also in Forgetting Sarah Marshall and the Bad Moms movies. So she's definitely more of a comedic actress, but, um, yeah, for her to have these roles where she can show both sides of her acting, um, I think it's very important for really any actor, uh, to be able to have these dramatic roles and show their, you know, how versatile they actually can be. And I was super impressed with, with her acting in this. And I thought Glenn Close and Mila Kunis had like a really believable kind of mother-daughter relationship in this movie. They didn't try to sugarcoat it. Um, and yeah, not a whole lot I can say else on it, 
don't want to like give away anything and I also like it's a pretty straightforward plot but yeah I would say I'd I'd probably give this movie like an 8 out of 10 um I mean it's not the best movie I've ever seen but I thought it was really good um and it's not something I'd watch again just because I again typically don't try to watch things that are so heavy um I only really watch them once maybe twice uh if it's something that that I'm really drawn to but overall I usually try to watch things that are more funny or you know just doesn't don't deal with as heavy as as heavy of a topic as heroin addiction can be um so yeah there's there's my review for uh four good days and I definitely recommend you guys check it out um for the performances for the story um the makeup even like showing her Mila Kunis Molly as you know a heroin addict you you, I mean most people can imagine what a heroin addict would look like you know bad teeth bad skin bad hair and I think they really nailed it on that side of things but yeah definitely recommend you guys go check it out it's a really great movie um, a lot of effort put into it and a lot of great acting for sure. And I have a whole new respect for Mila Kunis after watching this. Uh, I respected her a lot before, but now even more so. So yeah, go check out Four Good Days. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. So this is the third and I believe final film of The Conjuring trilogy that follows Ed and Lorraine Warren, played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Um, and it also has Rari O'Connor, hopefully I'm saying that right, playing Arnie Johnson, who was prosecuted for the murder of Bruno, I don't have a last name, um, but basically prosecuted for a murder, and he claims that he was possessed, and that's where Ed and Lorraine Warren come in, uh, basically trying to prove the existence of the devil in a court of law, which is a very interesting concept for me. Because I've always been intrigued by the uh, the justice system, I guess you you could say. Um, but yeah, it starts off, and I'm not going to go too heavy with spoilers here, but um, basically how he came to be possessed was his uh, girlfriend's brother, uh, David Glatzel, played by Julian Hillard, who you might recognize from WandaVision and Haunting of Hill House. Uh, he played Billy Maximoff in WandaVision and the young Luke in Haunting of Hill House. So he's definitely had some uh, some experience with the horror genre. And uh, I think he was really good in this and he was really go- good in those as well. Um, and the sister is played by Sarah Catherine Hook and it's Debbie Glatzel. Um, and that's pretty much the main cast, I would say, uh, without giving too much away. I, um but yeah, this plot I thought was really interesting. I thought it was really scary. I mean, these Conjuring movies always freak me out. At least the main trilogy, uh, you know, The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, and now The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, I will say that the first one is still the best one, but this one would probably come in second. The second film uh, would be in third for me, but it also still is pretty freaky. Um, and, uh, in the, in the beginning of this film, towards the beginning, there was a shot that reminded me of the exorcist, 
which I'm sure they were trying to go for that. And I thought that was really cool. Cool little Easter egg there. But yeah, basically is about Ed Lorraine Warren trying to prove the existence of the devil in a court of law and trying to get this kid, uh, Arnie Johnson, you know, proved innocent of, of the murder because he was possessed when it happened. And, uh, just kind of going through that legal system and also just trying to find who's behind the, uh, uh, I don't really want to go into too specific details here. I definitely think you guys should check it out, but there is an outside force and they're trying to figure out what that outside force is to be able to prove that its existence in the court in order to basically have this guy set free. Um, really interesting plot. They don't focus on it a whole lot. Like it's, it's definitely the main like drive of the whole film, but they don't spend a whole lot of time with, uh, Arnie Wilson or Johnson. I, I would say, um, a lot of it is just the Warrens going after whatever might be causing all, all the stuff that's going on. Um, you know, there's another case similar to it that they're, they're, uh, investigating to try and get more clues as to what might be going on. Um, it definitely deals with more, and this is a tad bit of a spoiler, but, uh, actually, no, they said in the trailer, um, this one deals with more witchcraft than anything else, which the other ones really just deal with spirits. And, uh, the first one did deal with possession, but also just like spirits in general. Um, but yeah, this movie I thought was really, really good. I guess the second one, uh, dealt with, you know, uh, um, possession as well, but it wasn't so heavy on it. I feel like this one was very heavy on the whole possession aspect of it. Um, but yeah, what, what else can I say about this film without giving too much away? It's really hard to to kind of review things like this sometimes just as is without spoiling anything because it literally just came out today um it's friday right now as of as of recording this but this will come out on saturday so yeah i mean it's it's not the best one but it's the second best one out of the trilogy and i've only seen the first annabelle movie and that movie wasn't good so i'll probably end up going and watching, uh, I think, Curse of the La... 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 I can't even say it. La Lorena or whatever. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, I think that's part of the Conjuring universe. Also, The Nun, I know, is part of the Conjuring universe. And then there's two Annabelle movies. Uh, I'll probably end up going to watch those eventually and doing a ranking. But that'll probably, probably end up being next week, I think. Um, if not that, then sometime in the near future. But yeah, this movie was really good. I always love Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as Ed and Lorraine Warren. I find those characters extremely interesting, and I love the history aspects of it. Um, personally, I don't really know how I, what end of the spectrum I'm on. Do I believe in God and, and the devil, or do I not believe in both of those things? I'm a little bit skeptical of... of you know, ghosts and demons and stuff like that. I used to be 
like 100% convinced that it was all true. And I, after watching these movies and just hearing from the Warrens themselves, like the actual people, because they do show... Oh, just open the pop. <laughs> it's trying to be quiet. But um, it does show like real clips of them in pretty much every every movie in the in the credits and uh I've watched videos on them and stuff like that and have seen their whole like uh w- what would you call it? like their room filled with things from their cases I really want to go there someday and check that out if it's still there which I feel like it is but I know that Ed and Lorraine Warren are passed away now if I'm not mistaken um but yeah, again, without giving too much away, I would say I really enjoyed this film. It did feel a little bit like they were trying to amp it up and make it bigger and better than the other ones just because it was more than likely their last one. Uh, so there were moments where I was like, yeah, it feels like they're trying to go like over the top and make it big and spectacle just for the fact that it's their last film together. Um but it also is based on a true story, so I don't know how much of it is is fact and how much of it is fiction. And also, you know, you never know how, how much of this stuff is actually true, dealing with demonic possession and spirits and witchcraft and all that. If you're a skeptic, you know, you might not buy into it a whole lot. For me, I'm pretty skeptical but I'm always open to interpretation and and others ideas and and experiences so I'm not like 100% you know I don't believe in any of this but I'm a little bit more on the side of I'm just not sure how legit all of this is um again like the story um I thought it was very very freaky um pretty Eh, pretty heavy on jump scares, I would say. A little bit more than the other ones. But, uh, I mean, I haven't watched them in a while, so maybe they're about the same. But I felt like this one was a little bit heavier on jump scares. Um, But yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good way to wrap it up. And, again, really love Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga in these, um, these movies. So... Yeah, definitely go check out The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It.